Hello and welcome to the Web3 Podcast. This is the show that tries to take your mind off the fact that your altcoins are now worth nothing by introducing you to some of the most interesting founders, creators, investors and thought leaders in the space. I'm joined today by Yuri Lifshitz. Yuri is a serial entrepreneur and the CEO and founder of SuperDAO, one of the fastest growing DAO platforms out there. He's a graduate of Alliance DAO and has previously taken a business through Y Combinator. Yuri, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Uh, hi, everyone. Excited to be here and hope to demystify DAOs and uh, give you a more clear picture of what, what they are and uh, how to use them. Yuri, just to kick us off then, would you be able to tell us about your professional background so far and how you first got into the Web3 space? Yeah, yeah. I started as a computer scientist. I did PhD in computer science and actually was teaching crypto before uh, cryptography, uh, before Bitcoin was even invented. Uh, so back then it all felt very theoretical and uh, I felt like there is no practical application, but I was very wrong. Uh, and uh, yeah, started five companies uh, currently uh, with SuperDAO. SuperDAO is a platform that helps you create DAOs in one click. And so hopefully we'll talk today about what DAOs are and why they're so useful and popular and uh, how to build your own DAO. Great. So first question for people that didn't tune into series one of this podcast and who are perhaps just getting into the ecosystem for, for the first time, could you summarize exactly what a DAO is for them? Yeah, there are two definitions and they're kind of not the same. Uh, so the first definition <laughs> is decentralized autonomous organization. And in that definition, uh, it is organization that does not have like a clear leadership. So they're basically the original team that started that can walk away and the organization will still continue to exist. And autonomous means that uh, the, the rules of the organization are written in programming code. And so the code is uh, executed by blockchain. So a huge alliance of uh, like um, data centers, essentially, uh, that kind of oversee the organization. So it's an organization run, run by computers, essentially, without like clear human leadership. This is kind of the original definition. And the, the new definition is basically any company that is using blockchain as a system of record for ownership. So as long as you kind of register not in like UK or United States, but on a blockchain, uh, meaning that's where you write down who owns the company, who makes the decision and uh, things like that, then you can consider yourself a DAO. So to, 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 to distinguish uh, the first definition, sometimes called classic DAOs and the second definition, flexible DAOs. And what can you use a DAO for? You continuously compared it to a company then. Can you spin up a DAO for anything? Yeah, absolutely. There are so many popular kind of use cases like investment DAOs and service DAOs that are more like distributed agencies and like learning DAOs that are more like universities and so many others. That's incredible. And then I'd be really interested to, to understand how DAOs are different from startups. Obviously, you've run a number of companies in the past. You're a very experienced entrepreneur. You've been through Y Combinator. What's the biggest difference between running a DAO compared to running a startup? Yeah, I would reframe it as like, what are the advantages or like at what kind of tasks are they better? And so they're better at three ways. Uh, one is fundraising. The second is um, growth. And third is employment. So fundraising, if you go to investors and you say, I'm a DAO, they will give you more money. And they will give you money for more, more, more variety of ideas that they will give you for a traditional company. And that's for two reasons. 
One is DAOs can eventually get traded on crypto exchanges. So they will be traded on places like Binance and FTX and uh, Coinbase as opposed to like London, St- London Stock Exchange or like NASDAQ or NICE. And, and the valuations there are higher and you can get traded within like three years of the starting the, the organization, not within like seven to 10 years, like it's typically done with uh, publicly traded stocks. So it's basically better valuations long-term and therefore better valuations at the day one. And number two is DAOs are great for monopoly challengers. So that basically if you want to compete with YouTube or bank of, I don't know, like biggest banks in your country or uh, like things like that, like telecom operators or something like that. So you will, if you would try to compete against the biggest monopolies of today as a traditional company, no one will give you money. No one will give you money because it's inconceivable how you're going to win because they have all the resources and all the distribution and all the brand and whatnot. Uh, While with DAO, there is kind of a chance. And the chance is because you don't yet have a full business, you don't have a full network, but you can print a bunch of tokens and NFTs and give it to all the people who hate the current monopoly and even before you have any product. And uh, they will start helping you out because they become a co-owners of your system. And because of that, you can eventually build out a competing comparable product, maybe better product, and kind of stand against the current monopoly because it kind of pre-built the customer base and supporter base before you actually uh, have the f- like a fully equivalent or like um, even like a product with advantage. So th- those two reasons, like you can compete with monopolies, you can raise at high valuations. The the growth idea is that again you can print out a bunch of NFTs and tokens and give it to people who might act as ambassadors and influencers and like promote your product and have a share of financial upside of your venture. And this is like uh, seen as a, a big alternative to advertising. So in the last 10, 20 years, the primary way to go to market was to buy advertising from Google and Facebook. And uh, it's running out, like the ads getting more expensive, less efficient, there are more privacy laws that makes it harder and harder to advertise and collect information. And so the, the, the alternative, like the strongest alternative to advertising right now is influencer marketing. And influencer marketing is best aligned with DAOs when basically influencers become co-owners of your company. So that's kind of the second big reason. And the third reason is um, employment. So DAOs are much better to uh, employ like a thousand people in hundred countries in one week part-time. Like there is no way you would employ a thousand people part-time in one week and from hundred countries satisfying all national, local, regional uh, labor laws. Uh, and then because like just imagine like how much time it takes to just to read all of that and then file all the forms. I recently tried to employ myself by a company owned by myself, SuperDA, and it took me like 20 forms. And, and it, it required me to insure myself against myself in case I will uh, file a lawsuit <laughs> for the like workplace injury. And I work from home. And like, why? <laughs> and so that was a kind of sidestep that because they're currently not treated as a domestic employer, but more like as a foreign employer in any countries whatsoever. So in any country, like the person who contribute to DAO, they can treat the, like they de facto treat the, the income from DAOs as a foreign income. There's a lot to unpack there. Thank you. Uh, and I love the idea that you might cause yourself harm. So you have to be insured <laughs> against yourself. Um, That's the California yes. law. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, so first question I want to ask there. So you, you mentioned that you can employ 1000s of people in one go. Very succinctly, how 
do you incentivize those people to work for your DAO? And what kind of projects would they be working on over what time period? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the the relationship between DAOs and what what they call contributors is a fluid one. So some people would call it a fluid employment. That means unlike the traditional, more rigid and more structured and typically full-time kind of, you know, nine to five kind of, this is your scope of like job description, things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing like that. So, but it has like a highest variety of things. So from DAO to DAO to DAO, it's all different. It's not never the same. And, but it, it's a combination of the following uh, kind of models. One is uh, um, grants. So you apply for a grant, the, the DAO consider that, votes on that, maybe they award you grant funding, maybe there are milestones to like continue fund you and so on. The second is like request for proposals. So they put a bunch of tasks, like you submit a proposal, again, the, the DAO votes, accepts, rejects, partially accepts, you know, things like that. Yeah. Another one is retroactive funding. That means you just do the work for DAO and if they like it, they can pay you back like voluntarily after you've done the work. Uh, another one is a task-based. So maybe there is a price per task that like everyone can take a look at the tasks available, do the task and get paid by a standard rate. This is more like Uber type things where like Uber yep. sends you like requests for rides and you can take on them, like do them or not. Um, and then a bunch of others, like you can be full-time, you can be part-time, you can be anonymous contributor, uh, you can... Uh, and anonymous contributors is actually a big thing. And the reason for that is... Uh, primarily because mm, people might be dissatisfied with their primary employment while um, uh, kind of can't really reveal that they work elsewhere. So yeah, basically, sure. like, let, let's say it's like you're like, a, I don't know, a general partner in a prestigious venture firm and you got bored. How you can like really work elsewhere? Because like it will ruin your reputation and the firm's reputation if the general partner doesn't, uh, you know, fully commit to the fund. While maybe they want to explore something else, and uh, and so they they create like an, an anonymous identity on on blockchain, apply as a contributor, like participate in interesting projects, side projects, and so on. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, it's a it's a fluid relationship between contributors and the DAO, paid different way. And then the question is how you get paid. So you can get paid in traditional fiat currency. You can be paid with uh, stable coins. Uh, you can be paid with uh, Ether or Bitcoin, like a crypto native uh, currencies. You can be paid with a native token of a DAO. So most DAOs have their own token. You can be given NFT. You can progress in ranks and like getting like, I don't know, senior contributor, chief contributor, core, core contributor, like primary contributor, things like that. So you can basically build a career and you can build a career across like 10,000 at the same time. That's awesome. And thank you. That was a really succinct way of putting it question for you and this is going back uh, a few minutes but you mentioned that one of the appeals of building a DAO is that you can I guess go liquid much quicker than you could in a conventional startup one when you talk about tokens um, and you know a DAO's native token for example can you trade them on secondary market so okay you as the CEO of, of SuperDAO can can say okay there's I don't know 10,000 a million tokens available these tokens are worth x amount of dollars and you can sell them for fiat money yeah things completely changed recently uh so essentially the first generation the classic DAOs, they typically were building the big product first and then they were like introducing the token to govern it and uh 
to share the upside and and pay for the product. So it becomes like the yeah. token of the DAO becomes a form of payment. Like you use Solana, so you use the Sol, their native token, to pay for its like uh, computing powers of their data centers and yeah. things like that. And the new projects, they are more like startups. So uh, they in like they ha- initially have the idea. So if they would to introduce a token before they have the full product, it can be seen as a security. And uh, specifically in the United States, unregistered securities are against the law. And, um, and therefore, you should avoid that. And it's not just in the United States. It's any project that is available for purchase by a United States citizen. So if you trade on in, in the internet, basically, the Security Commission of the United States will consider that a potential harm to American retail investors because they can lose money on unregistered security with undisclosed risks and things like that. And and therefore, uh, there is a new playbook. So there is a new way to build a DAO. And so the new way to build a DAO is, number one, uh, give free NFTs to your initial kind of founding community, your founding influencers and contributors. The second would be to uh, sell NFTs to people who might be early adopters who believe in the future product of yours. So it's like selling tickets for a future conference. And uh, so you give the benefits of like accessing a cool community and discount of free services of your future product and things like that. And then, and governance. So they like guide you, like if you're building in the conferences, like who will be the speakers, what be the conference name, what would be the t-shirt design, things like that. And then Number three, you go to professional accredited investors and you privately sell them an instrument that is called equity plus token warrants, which means you give them a a share in the operating company that is a traditional company, might be just your LLC or whatever, LTD. Uh, And then number two is uh, you give them a promise of future tokens. You say, well, one day we might have a token and if so, this is the amount of tokens that you'll get. And, and then you take a lot of time, like one to three years, few months to three years, and you build a thing. So you build what you promised and you fulfill the, the, the promises for NFT holders. You create actual products and services and ecosystem, and it is, goes way beyond the original operating company. And then eventually you introduce a token and you say, now that token is a form of payment for my products and services. And by the way, I promise some tokens to the investors and maybe some tokens to the team or initial kind of contributors and ecosystem partners. And so let's give to everyone whom I promised. And maybe out of generosity of my heart, I can also drop some tokens to the NFT holders. I can't promise it at the time when I distributed the NFTs. Otherwise, they can be also seen as security. But maybe, just maybe, like out of the like kindness of your heart, you might do the airdrop as well for the NFT holders. And then at that time, you say, okay, finally, we can list on exchanges, either decentralized ones like Uniswap or centralized like Coinbase, FTX, Binance, and say, now you can be traded and... But some of the investors and some of the team can be still subject to the lockups. So it's not like on the day one of trading, they can like sell they have the full package of the tokens that they have. And sure. typically you reserve a bunch of tokens for slowly selling them over the next five to 10 years to fund sure. future operations because you don't want to like uh, spend all the money and you hope that the token will grow over time. Absolutely. Similar to, you know, listing a company on an exchange, having a lockup period for, for equity. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. I've got a, a couple more questions. So the management of a DAO, I'm really interested to kind of run through because you mentioned having an LLC there that kind of controls it from behind the scenes. You mentioned having you know thousands of people contributing. Is there a core team? Are there employees? You know, how does that work? 
Yeah, typically most modern DAOs uh, and majority, I would say, even of the classic DAOs ha- have a core team or at some point had a core team. Uh, mm-hmm. Some some of them are on the second generation core team. So there was a first core team, then they step out, sub- step outside, and then there was another core team. It's like second government or like a different party or something. So yeah, so there is a core team typically. Some of the people on the core team might be also members of what people called operating company or anchor company. Uh, so uh, from DAO to DAO, the role of operating company changes. So some are very powerful and make all the decisions. Some make and do all, only part of the work, and more like maintainers, like gardeners and things like that. So think of that a little bit as the, the DAO governance and the decision-making more like a parliament and uh, the, the operating company is more like cabinet of ministers uh, uh, or like executive branch. So the DAO is more like legislative. They make, make like review and vote on proposals. They make decisions. They oversee budget decisions, uh, elected roles, things like that. And, and the operating company is more like executive branch. So they execute the decisions made by the DAO. They build the things, write code, things like that. That's really interesting. Um, I've got a, a question, slightly unrelated to what we're talking about, but um, as many of our listeners may or may not know, Discord is usually used as the platform for coordinating all of this activity. We've heard we've had a few guests on that have have varying opinions. I think it's fair to say on the effectiveness of using Discord as a means of managing an organisation. What do you think, or are you are you allowed to express an opinion on on Discord? Do you use it for SuperDAO, for example? Yeah, so we currently run on Telegram, but uh, at some point we might break, like we might consider Slack or, or Discord or something else. Yeah, I have uh, so like softly positive opinion on Discord. I think it's a good tool. It's an incredible uh, feat of engineering in terms of like you know speed and flexibility and uh, media communications and you know voice chats and video chats and uh, attachments, link previews, all that stuff. The moderation tools. Uh, it's very noisy. It's very unstructured. It's very hard to use for p- people who are unused to talk to you know thousands of strangers at the same time. It's exceptionally confusing when you're on board to a new community. It's very hard to switch between communities. It's very hard to keep track of things. You lose things constantly. So uh, essentially, Discord has its uses. So there are situations when it works well and there are situations where it doesn't work well. So it works well when you have a core team of like 50 people. Like if you have a Discord server for a thousand people out of which 50 people are really living there every day and like really like treat it as work. And then maybe a thousand people who use it as an on-demand help desk. They have a problem, they go to your server, ask a question, they get the answer and then they don't show up for another two months. And then they have another problem and they come in, they ask the question or they read the thread, uh, check it out, and then they come out. So those are the two use cases work pretty well. So either either you are like, this is like your second day job, like a second, like, like moon, you're moonlighting and like you treat this individual specific discord as like, uh, like your, your third place, you're like the place of being. Uh, like a life space uh, and then or you just go there on demand as needed randomly to get the specific interaction typically with one of those core people and i appreciate we haven't yet spoken about SuperDAO, so i'd love to understand exactly what SuperDAO is and what you guys do yeah we have kind of two products so we write smart contracts and we provide the DAO workspace so smart contracts you can think of that as a constitution of your DAO on chain so it's all bylaws. So it's basically, it's a record 
that says, hey, there is a new organization out there. It has those NFTs or tokens. It has this type of governance. It has this type of ownership. These are the assets the organization owns together. And uh, this is how we make decisions and things like that. Uh, so it's basically description of your organization that is immutable on chain. And obviously, as you evolve your company, you can add modules and change ownership and issue new tokens and NFTs and distribute them and so on. So that's one thing that we do. So basically, if you need a smart contract for your DAO, if you need to basically get your DAO registered on a blockchain, you come to us and we have basically a no-code generator. So you just answer a bunch of questions and we say, okay, got it. And so here's your smart contract. And then you can come to us anytime and say, hey, I need some changes. And we say, sure. Uh, and But you can, at any point of time, take a full ownership. So you can say, okay, now I'm going myself. Like I, I hired a, I don't know, a smart contract developer or I never intend to put any more changes. I just got every rule correct. And I'll just, you know, then I don't need to like any maintenance whatsoever because it just lives on the blockchain. Uh, so that's fine with us too. Because, as you know, blockchain is absolutely free if you don't make any changes. So if you just want to put something out there, just that it goes there statically, that's just available read-only, you don't need to pay. And then forever, which is amazing. Uh, and then uh, the other thing is workspace. So the workspace is basically, it's like, again, kind of similar to Slack and Discord in the way that your members can log in with the wallet that they have a proof of membership, either through tokens or NFTs, and say, hey, I'm the member of that thing, please give let me in. And when they, they got in, they see things like member directory, newsfeed, treasury dashboard, voting, things like that. So basically, it's a place where they can do work. And the difference between Discord and us is that we do more on a structured side. So things like the actual operations of the DAO. So we don't do like noisy chats. It's more like the information you really need to ha have as a DAO, like the real decisions you need to make. Uh, so it's a complementary to Discord. That's fascinating. And... You know, I, I'm interested to to hear that you're kind of supporting the creation of future DAOs because you know, if I wanted to start a DAO tomorrow, for example, yep, what's the first thing I should do, or what are the first few things I should do? Yeah, absolutely. I think actually every podcast should should ex at least experiment with starting a DAO. <laughs> uh, I think podcast is a very natural kind of DAO um, formation uh, situation. So uh, the first thing you will do is maybe write a half a page roadmap. Uh, so saying like, all right, so this is why we want to do a DAO. This is the things we want to own together or decide together. Or if we have this money to spend together, this is what we want to spend them on. And this is what we want to achieve collectively. And this is what our, our collective goals are. You don't need any structure. You just write whatever is on your mind. So that's kind of the step one. Uh, the step two is you create a smart contract and SuperDAO is a good choice for that. And then you start giving free NFTs to your founding members, maybe past speakers, maybe the most active listeners, maybe the people who like give you the largest number of comments on Twitter or things like that. And you say, hey, you're my first hundred, like you really helped me out. So here's your free NFT, maybe like a special tier, like founding tier, Genesis, gold, diamond, black, whatever, <laughs> like something. You can be very creative on how you call that. Yeah. And and then and then say fine, this is great. So let's maybe update the the, the manifesto or like the roadmap 2.0, whatever. And then they create a bunch of more, like print a bunch of more NFTs and uh, say let's sell those NFTs to people who also want to be involved. Just kind of second wave of them and uh, give them also governance rights and like future product based rights and things like that. So you sell a few more. Maybe now you have a thousand people. And again. You might, you know, start building things and maybe hosting conferences and offline events and introducing a merch line or write a book or 
creating a table, a game, or whatever, like whatever, whatever you like, and then distribute all of that, and then eventually you might have a token uh, that will power maybe both you your kind of activities. Maybe you have like a five friendly podcast who want to join the network under the same rules, and so you'll have like a distributed network, and then they all accept the same token for the their services. That's an awesome idea. Would you be part of my DAO, Yuri? Absolutely. You accept my free NFT. Fantastic. As a uh, former guest. Yes. I like it. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm awesome. trying to sneak, sneak myself into, into those. <laughs> <laughs> You're more than welcome. It sounds like I could learn a hell of a lot from you. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Listen, I appreciate we're nearly at time uh, and, and I know you've got places to be as well, but we always kind of conclude this podcast by asking for recommendations. So it's clear that you're extremely knowledgeable about the space, but what would you recommend our listeners read, listen to, watch, digest, whatever it is to to get more into Web3 and then any other resources that have had an impact on you personally or professionally, you know, please, please give them a shout out. Yeah, I would say listen to other episodes on the same podcast because I, th- I think <laughs> this, is, this is a great, yeah, great starting point uh, and uh, listen to all of them. Uh, uh, on our side, uh, we have a website, superdao.co, and on that, there is a big link called Playbook. So it's basically a step-by-step, very easy and accessible, like three-page guide for beginners on how to think about starting DAO. You can also apply for early access to SuperDAO, and uh, there is a secret, which is if you apply, uh, we host a private workshop every week, typically on Thursdays where we just go deeper and on how to start a DAO and like what are the steps. And we also do Q&A. So you can bring your DAO project and we can discuss it on air and explain how the general kind of advice would apply for your specific case. Because people say, yeah, but I'm different, but my DAO is very special. We want to do things slightly not like everyone else. And we're happy to advise on basically how to do it. Yeah. So other than that, yeah, more podcasts across the board. I would say... Acquired has a few few good episodes on just history of Ethereum and history of Bitcoin and history of like big chains and things like that. Fantastic. And just for our listeners' sake, uh, all of that will be in the show notes. Um, so you can find that on our on our website. Yuri, just before we wrap up, if any of our listeners want to get in contact with you, where's the best place to reach out? Yeah, Twitter is a good starting point. It's just my first and last name together, Yuri Lifshitz. Uh, also, I... Uh, reply to every dm both personally and to the company so company is superdao underscore co uh so tweet anywhere nice and i can confirm that yuri does actually reply to every dm because that's how we got him on this podcast but yuri thank you so much that was super super insightful um and yeah happy to be here perfect let's build more DAOs. let's build more DAOs. DAOs. (laughs) cheers a really big thanks to our new friend Yuri for the content of that episode. I really enjoyed how Yuri made the whole process of building, marketing and funding a DAO just sound so practical. And a massive thank you to you, the listener, for tuning into this episode. If you want to find other episodes, you can catch them at www.theweb3podcast.xyz or you can check us out on all major podcasting platforms. Literally, you would do well not to be able to find us at this point. If you want to get in touch with me to tell me you like the episode, to suggest any episodes, or just to tell me that you hate the sound of my voice, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Callum Wooders. That's Callum with two L's. Or you can drop me an email at Callum at theweb3podcast.xyz. We've got an awesome episode coming up next week on the Solana ecosystem and protocol. So stay tuned for that. And other than that, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. <laughs>